I thank you that you're going to um, continue in what you started to inspire us to recognize and join in you as you do extraordinary things with ordinary people. So thanks for helping us today. Take something from what I got to say and make it alive for each person, God. Amen. For a start, I guess, on behalf of Mary and I, I too want to commend Yoon to you. I think the first time we met is way longer than we want to remember that we met. <laughs> we were babies, yeah. We were in a nursery somewhere, and we met each other. Yoon um, came through our, <clears throat> our cell group that we had in Southern California, and we got to pray and and minister to her, and she took it back and took it to her leader at YWAM in Honolulu, and we got invited there, and that got op- opened it for us to have, you know, the terribly difficult issue of having Thanksgiving dinner on Waikiki Beach as we got to pray for people and prophesy to people, and we've been able to uh, just be around uh, this amazing woman of God. And so I echo what Sunil said, you want to meet her. She's the, she's the real deal, and she's a good deal. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, as, as part of Hanny's larger message, he talked about City River becoming a church with a prophetic culture. And he mentioned that we may be having a prophetic conference, and basically that meant that I would teach and model for you the things I teach and model when I go other places and talk. So you don't have to fly to Hong Kong or India or something like that to be a part of the conference. He said, do it here. As we prayed about it and talked about it, to develop a a prophetic normalness or normalcy for a church involves more than a conference. People go to a conference and they get kind of inspired, and most people go home from the conference and they forget about it. But what we want to do is have a culture that's used to hearing God and sharing God with other people. And so... This is a prelude to what we're going to do. I'm saving you the trouble of going to India because what you're going to hear today is the first day of the prophetic conference that I I would do if I was going to start to teach other people how to do and hear God and prophesy. For us in City River, most of what we do in developing a prophetic culture is going to happen in your cell groups. At some point, we're going to have a prophetic ministry team after the service. You will not be on that team unless you're in a cell group. I don't have a class that you can go to to learn how to prophesy. It's going to come out of cell groups. And so if you're not in one and you want to develop a prophetic, find a cell group. Because accountability really matters with the prophetic. Just somebody out on their own doing their own thing, um, I don't really want you to give me a word. Because if we're not accountable, it's really easy to get... I'm trying to think of a nicer word than what I was going to say. We can get off track sometimes. We can kind of lose focus. We cannot maybe be hearing because of life circumstances or something as cleanly and as biblically as we want prophetic to work. So if you want to be involved in that, Get in a cell group. We're going to come visit. We're going to do training in the cell group from time to time. I'm going to come back and visit the cell groups from time to time to just measure how we're doing. That's where you're going to get it. So if you're interested, 
Find a cell group. Okay. This is where we start. If you just invited me and I got off the plane in Hong Kong or some other place like that, here's what the first night, the main night, kind of sounds like, except I adapted it to us a little bit. I get to talk today about one of my most favorite subjects, which is ministry of the Holy Spirit through the gift of prophecy. I love talking about it. It's just such a remarkable thing to me that God would entrust people like you and me to share his heart with other people. I mean, I know how messed up I am inside and how weird my thoughts get sometimes. And yet he says, I'm going to trust you to be able to share and give prophetic words, words from my heart to someone else's heart. And I'm going to trust you to do it, Rob. Like, wow, you must be desperate. You laugh, but I know what goes on up here. If you don't get anything else from today, if you don't intend to ever go to a cell group and develop prophetic gifts, if you don't get anything else today, I'd like you to keep this in mind, if for no other reason than to measure people who do give prophetic words. Prophecy is most impacting when we prophesy from experiencing and communicating with God. Prophecy is most impacting when we prophesy from experiencing and communicating with God. What we learn here as a culture is it's about relationship with God and hearing God's voice, not about mechanics or learning a certain methodology of doing something. It's about speaking from the overflow of our connection and relationship with God. That's the kind of stuff that changes people's hearts. I just got off the phone last night. I wasn't going to give any, because I got to go in a hurry. I wasn't going to give a story, but I got off the phone last night with someone who lives in Hong Kong. I think I've talked about her before. She, is, she was the first full partner in a, legal, in a legal law firm in Hong Kong. She's got gravitas. And she was going through a difficult thing. So she said, can I call you up? which I think is awesome because I didn't have to ride 15 hours in a plane to be able to go talk to her. I think that's, I love living in this day and age. We talked for a while and Holy Spirit gave a download and changed the way she thinks. And she, she was on the phone. And she goes, you mean to tell me what God is saying to me? And I get it that my issue was not out there. It was in here. And I understand what he's saying to me. It changed her perspective on a crisis in her life. Now, that's fun. I can go on that for about a week, just that one. It's pretty fun stuff. But it's most impacting when we share God's heart. We're not following a methodology because God is all about relationship. And even in the context of prophesying one to another, it's still about relationship with God that drives the content. Okay? Prophecy is most impacting when we prophesy from experiencing and communicating with God. Let's look at it a little bit more. So what is prophecy? I've encountered all kinds of stuff with people. It's every, you know, it's just all over the place in what people's definition of it is. Some people, including some church people, limit prophecy to telling about the future. Prophecy is not 
primarily about telling about the future. There may be future in it, but it's not really about telling about the future. For some people, prophecy is reserved for crazy prophets who stand on the street corner and say that the end of the world is coming or something like that. It's weird. God is not ever weird. It's different than what we're used to, but God isn't weird. Some people, including some Christians, think that the Holy Spirit gift of prophecy is the same thing as astrology or fortune-telling. Others would say it's inspired preaching or inspired witnessing. Other people would say it's just the natural ability to predict what's going to happen. Now, we still haven't got to a definition yet because it's none of those. A working definition that a number of people use is prophecies and ability given by the Holy Spirit to receive and communicate an immediate message from God to someone else. In other words, God's got something he wants to say. He tells one person to tell it to another, and that's what prophecy is. And that's the definition that people use. There is a biblical definition because you knew I would get there, right? Please smile. You knew I was going to get there. If you haven't gotten your Bibles out already, get them out now. Try to avoid going to Facebook for the next half an hour or wherever it is that you get your public uh, information. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks all about two gifts, speaking in tongues and prophecy. We're going to spend virtually all, all, biblically, we're going to spend the whole day there. The third verse of 1 Corinthians 14 gives a biblical definition of what prophecy is. How many people are there? How many people have no idea where 1 Corinthians is? That's one of the cool things about electronic is you don't have to know where it is in the Bible. You just punch on it. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says this, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The most basic and simple definition of prophecy for me is saying nice things from God. It's not cursing people. It's not calling down fire from heaven. It's not saying exposing people's sin. It is saying nice things from God. I love our worship today. I don't know if you read the words for the word's sake, but you could use the words we had for almost all those songs as a basis for a prophetic word for somebody. Why? Because it was good news. It was nice. It was encouraging. It was comforting. That's what prophecy is. You with me? We have to get that because there's been so many poor models. That's why we're going to develop a culture so that even when somebody comes in two or three, four or five years from now, they come into a culture where we have a time of ministry in our cell groups or, or when we have a ministry team here, they're going to be, you're going to be able to say, here, come to my group. And people will encourage you about how God thinks about you and they're going to get a good word. Why? Because prophecy is for what? Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. If it's not that, it's not New Testament prophetic prophecy. We good? Okay.
Yes, I will call you on that. If we're in a group and you start out and say, God is upset with you, we're going to go, time out. Tell me what's going on. I won't beat you up. I will ask why we're going there. Because prophecy is good news from God. Now, why prophecy? Prophecy is the gift that most immediately and directly connects people with God. When we do it well, we've heard something from God, we communicate it to someone else, and we immediately have communicated God's heart. We're not talking theology. We're not talking good ideas. We're not doing psychology. We're saying, here's what God thinks about you. And most people have a really hard time in coming from our culture where sarcasm and late night TV that puts everybody down and we are against everybody who doesn't think like us. Most people have a hard time receiving something positive anyway. A number of you, I've given a comment to and you're going, oh, no, 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 wait, I'll try again. It's awesome to have you here today. Oh, you know, I had to come in. No, 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 you didn't hear me. It is awesome to have you here today. Okay, three people are happy. It is awesome to have you here today. I knew we'd light up Dawson in a minute. Why prophecy? Because that's the... And yet, if you look right now, more of you are smiling than at any point so far today. Because it gets in. Wow, God likes that I'm here. That feels good. I belong. He thinks it's nice. That's why prophecy. Now, who can do it? Everybody. Now, to make a statement like that, I should have some biblical proof of that, correct? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love. In other words, we're going to do all this thing in love. 1 Corinthians 13 is right in front of it. It says, if you don't have love, forget the whole thing. We're going to do this in love, not to show off, not to look at at how great I am or whatever kind of thing like that. We do it because of love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now... Would God say to you, I got this really cool gift. It's prophecy. It's exciting. It shares my heart with other people. They love having that happen. But you didn't get the gift. So you can try really hard to desire it and want it, but you didn't have it. How's that feel? That's really bad. Would God, a good loving God, say, desire a gift you have no possibility of getting? No. (laughs) Why? Because he's a good God. What have we been singing about, right? He's a good God. Would a good God say, desire this gift, but you don't get it? Of course not. He's a good God. If he says, desire all of the gifts, but especially this one, you can do that. But just in case you're not sure, look down to verse 31, same chapter. First five words. 
I think it's five words. Yeah. First five words. For you can all prophesy. Do you need it any more direct than that? Everybody can do this. You're not excluded. Somebody say amen or thank you or something. That's good news. He's given this gift that lets God communicate his very heart to you. And he says, you can all do it. I just think that's awesome. All means all. There's not one person here who cannot do this gift. Now, will everybody prophesy? No. Everyone can, but not everyone will. If a person doesn't prophesy, it's not because they don't have the gift. It's because for one reason or another, and there's no condemnation, right? Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation. You're not condemned because you don't. But if you don't prophesy, it's because you choose not to, not because God hasn't given you the gift. Because what does the 31st verse say? You can all prophesy. This is too simple, isn't it? We should make it harder. We should have entrance requirements for it and tests to take. No, you can all prophesy. If you are not prophesying, you either don't know how or don't want to. No condemnation. That's just how it is. There's snow on the ground outside and it's cold. That's how it is. If you don't prophesy, you don't want to or you didn't know how, didn't know you could. That's all. Signs follow those who believe. Do you believe you can prophesy? Then you'll prophesy, especially if you get into a group that will help you do it. If you don't believe, signs don't follow those who don't believe. If you don't believe you can do it, no signs. I'm really going deep here, aren't I? So what are the basic characteristics of prophecy? What are we looking for when we're talking about prophecy? 1 Corinthians 14.3. We've talked about this already. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The outcome of prophecy is always positive. Thank you. The outcome of prophecy is always positive. Even when God wants to bring redirection to people, it's going to come in a positive way. He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to condemn you. Biblical prophecy, the kind we're developing in City River, is going to be good news from God. People are going to be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. They're not going to get beat up. Another characteristic of prophecy is in the 29th verse. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Now, let me put in here right at the front. The word prophet here simply means someone who's speaking on behalf of God. It doesn't mean someone who's in the office of prophet because everybody can prophesy. Not everybody is a prophet, but everybody can prophesy. 
You with me? Okay, if that's a question for you, come up and chat with me afterwards. In fact, if you have any kind of questions, come up and chat with me afterwards. Two or three can speak. It should be um, let the others weigh carefully what is said. So if we're in a small group and somebody's getting a prophecy, it's okay for the rest of the group to go, does that sound like God? What do you think? It's supposed to be tested. Just because I say, here's what God says to you, doesn't mean that's here, here's what God said to you. We test it. We're not just saying, you can put, we think God says this in front of it, and then it's automatically God. No, we, we test it. We're to test everything, and then we hold on to what's good, right? Test everything, and then keep what's good. And that includes prophetic words. I've had a number of times where, where I've given a prophetic word to people. They go, no, I, I don't think that's right at all, which is, you know, kind of difficult to process sometimes. And then they come back six months later, three months later, and go, you know what? That prophetic word you gave me, that was right. Because we need all the people around us to test it. Anytime Mary and I have gotten significant prophetic words, something that was something about life change or something, we've recorded it, taken it to other people and go, hey, we got this word. What do you think? So we test it. Now, how do we test prophecy? It's not like this major complicated thing. Here's four little things that will help you to test whether you're getting it, whether you're receiving it, giving it. Other people are getting it and you're helping evaluate the first thing, way to test a prophetic word is, does it sound like something Jesus would say? Jesus was our life model for things. Is what I just heard sound like something Jesus might say? The second thing, is the prophecy consistent with God's character? Does this sound like God? We sang about God. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. Is what we're getting from the prophetic word, does it sound like, you know, God's character? Third thing. Is prophecy consistent with the whole counsel of the Bible? What does the Bible say about the subject you're talking about? Wow, that's good. I got a verse to start with. You know, one of the things that's just delightful, because I don't do it much anymore, is that Sujin, when she starts her prophetic words, she almost always has a verse that she, that she uses to launch into the prophetic word. I usually have to do it faster than that, so I don't do it quite so much anymore. But the idea that, is it consistent with God's word? Are we pulling something positive out of here that God says, this verse, out of all the verses, I want to give you as a platform or the launch pad for when we share a prophetic word. So, does it sound like something Jesus would say? Is it consistent with God's character? Is it consistent with the counsel of the Bible? And is it consistent with 1 Corinthians 14.3? Does it strengthen encourage or comfort is it good news from god and that's how we test it if you're still not sure then take it to someone else but those are the things we can do right away to go do i want to receive this or not receive it i'm I'm putting an hour thing into about 40 minutes so that's why i keep looking at the clock because i'm deciding what i'm going to share and what i don't share Prophecy can be controlled by the person giving the prophecy. I grew up in a church where if the Holy Spirit came... I grew up in a Pentecostal church. 
I didn't particularly grow up in a biblically Pentecostal church, but I did grow up in a Pentecostal church. And one of the things I grew up with is it might be during the song service, it might be during the sermon or something, and somebody would stand up and just like give a message in tongues or a prophecy. Well, you know, when you're six, that's kind of a cool and weird thing. So I'd like hang around or something. And I remember distinctly one blessed old sister in the Lord said, well, the spirit of the Lord just came on me and I couldn't control myself, which scared me to death. And I'm like, God, what if I do that in, 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 in my classroom? What if I do that in a restaurant? Am I going to just like have to do it because I have no, you know, the spirit came on me. I couldn't help myself. I had to stand up and do it. Scared me to death. I never spoke in tongues until I found out this verse that's coming up, which is the 30, verse um, 30 through 32. If a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. If you can, for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. And I look at this little phrase. The spirit of the prophets, that's Holy Spirit, is subject to control of the prophets. Mary's probably got a word for Yoon because she's been sitting down here and so she's probably already sitting on one. But she can control it so she's going to wait until she can connect. Well, am I wrong? It's Okay. because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet she can go this isn't the appropriate time to interject what I'm thinking I'll wait until it's appropriate time appropriate place I speak in tongues all the time you've never heard me give a message in this church in tongues There's a time and a place. We haven't had teaching on that. We haven't got a system set up yet for um, validating, if you will, or what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, discerning. Discerning. Is this a time? Is the word that we've got the right kind of thing? We don't have that set up yet, so I don't do that. And we don't do that as a corporate body yet. But we're learning how to do this stuff. We're setting up mechanisms that are going to make it work. Prophecy can be controlled. Don't have to give a word. I don't know why, but Holy Spirit does. There have been times when I got stuff and can't give it. One time I was, I was speaking at uh, my friend Sam Song, who's now the, the leader of the network in, 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 um, in Hong Kong and Asia. He was, he was at... Um, he was the chaplain for Southern California College, which is the Assembly of God Church University. And he was speaking. He said, come. he was the, the, the chaplain. And he said, come and speak. And I go, okay, I can come, but God has asked me for 30 days to fast any kind of Holy Spirit ministry. He says, oh, that's okay. You've got other good things to say. I don't mind. Go ahead and come. So I'm there, and I'm sharing whatever it was I was sharing. And I got a word for somebody. And I'm going, wait, God, wait. Fasting, no time, not supposed to do this now. And it was like it was really clear. And I go, I don't know what to do with this thing. And Sam could see I was struggling with it. And he said, don't prophesy. Because he knew I was fasting spiritual gifts. I don't know why Holy Spirit said that. I thought it was weird. But he's Holy Spirit and I'm not. I'm certainly not going to prophesy when I know it isn't him because it's guaranteed to be bad. 
I'm just not good enough left to myself. I said, God, why did you, why did you give me a word for this person? And I couldn't give it. He said, because I I wanted you to know you could do that. And I wanted you to see that you can be obedient to do even what you love to do. But you can wait until it's the right time. I thought that was weird. I still think it's weird. But my point is, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. You don't have to give what God gives you the moment he gives it to you. You say, okay, God, I got this thing. What do I do with it? You with me? We don't interrupt cell group. We don't interrupt the business meeting you're sitting in, work or whatever. I got a call from somebody this week who said, I don't know how, I'm not ready for this. She was sitting in a business meeting where she was proposing a business investment to a couple of investors and she got a prophetic word for them and prayed for the, prayed for the woman doing it. And the woman accepted Jesus and the investor said, I don't know what that was, but would you do that to me too? And she, so she prayed for him, got a word for him, prophesied and he got saved. She's probably not going to do that the next time she goes into a business meeting. But when God says go, we go. And when he says stay, we stay. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. You can know it's a word from God, and if you get overwhelmed with fear or doubt or questions or anything, like all of us do from time to time, don't give it. God's not going to beat you up. You can control it. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. First Corinthians 14, 1 and 39 says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Verse 39, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. We're to eagerly desire this gifts. Twice we're told to eagerly desire these specific gifts. Why? Because prophecy directly communicates God's heart to other people. Christians or non-Christians. He wants people to know how much he loves them, values them, cares for them. And Christian or non-Christian, a lot of times that's really hard to hear. That's why he gives us that stuff. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 39 is why I started prophecy. I didn't have an angelic visitation. I didn't have Jesus come in the flesh I didn't get a prophetic word that says you're going to you know, teach us around the world and do all this kind of stuff. I didn't have any of that. Left brain accountant reads the thing and says, especially desire this gift. Deep, huh? I'm not stupid. Here's all these gifts, but God says, this one I really want you to desire. I'm in. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it looks like. Haven't seen it work the right way. None of that. But you do tell me, especially desire this gift, I'm going for it. I didn't do anything with it for four years until I saw somebody do it a biblical way. But I said, God, I'm in. When I saw those people, I had read every single verse about prophecy in the Bible. I didn't understand 99% of it because I'd never seen it live, done in a way that was encouraging, comforting, 
or exhortative. When I saw it done, I go, that's it. I'm in. And several thousand prophetic words later, it's still the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm going to share why in just a minute. Prophecy is most effective when we communicate or prophesy from experiencing and communicating with God. I cannot emphasize that enough. If we just learn a process, like with deliverance, there's kind of a a process we can walk through most of the time. We still have to be spirit-led, but there's kind of a process. Or in inner healing, you can lay out a lot of the stuff that we're going to walk through. It still needs to be spirit-led, but there's sort of a process with it. There is no process for prophecy. It's Papa, what do you want to say to my girl, my son? And when we do that, we're walking in what this chapter talks about. And I tell you, there are few things that are more fun than watch somebody go, wow, God thinks that about me. Really? One other verse to emphasize what I just shared is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. So I have to go one verse outside of 1 Corinthians 14. 2 Corinthians 5.20. I really only want one, ver- one word in this verse, but the first part of it says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. An effective ambassador understands the policies, the heart, and the idea of the nation that he's representing. Our Canadian ambassador to... Where do you want to go? Somewhere you like. Where do you want, where do you want us to be ambassadors to? Costa Rica. The Canadian ambassador to Costa Rica understands Canada's policy, the desires of the leaders of the nation of Canada, and communicates them to the government of Costa Rica. Yeah? How good is an ambassador if the ambassador has no idea what the heart of our prime minister is in relating to that country. No good. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are his representatives. When you go to work tomorrow, when you talk with your family who doesn't yet know Jesus, when you interact with people sitting on the subway, or people don't interact on the subway anymore because of the earbuds, when you're standing in line waiting for the bus to come, or however it is, you're standing at the lunch line, and however it is that you interact with them, we are ambassadors of a kingdom that's not of this world. Amen? Amen. Which means it would really be helpful if we knew the heart and the intention and the desires of the king that we're representing to the country we're being ambassadors to. Your most effective thing you can do to be a functional, impactful, prophetic person is to know and understand God's heart for the world. That we accurately represent him to the world by communicating the things that are on his heart, how much he loves every single person standing there.
Would you give me five more minutes if I add one more thing? Okay. If, if you don't like staying an extra five minutes, and I may get done earlier, but if you don't get done in five, you know, if you give me five more minutes, everybody who said amen, you can go talk to them. One of the things that I tend to do when I go to places, even if I've been there but haven't been there in a while, is just to be able to bless the pastors. And I want to bless part of our pastoral team here. So Aaron Salpi, here's what I feel like God wants to say to you. I'm doing this partly to show you, but partly I'm giving you what I do when I land somewhere and start teaching about hearing God's voice and prophetic ministry. If you get something, I need you to write it down. I'm, I'm running out of time because I know she will, Mary will get something too. God wants you to know every place you invested your time and didn't see return has not been wasted from heaven's perspective. God says if, he ne- if you never ever hear return from some of the times you poured out your life into people, and didn't get a return, God says, it's recorded in heaven and it is not wasted. You're going to love looking at the books when you get to heaven to see the people that were influenced even by others that you ministered to and didn't minister to directly because they didn't know God, those interim people, it's credited to your account. Nothing is wasted with all that you poured out and you poured out a lot. God says, I've seen your heart while you were doing ministry. And just like when Jesus saw Nathan, he said, there is no guile. And he says, that's what you have. And I've seen that even when other people have misunderstood you or not valued the time you invested. God says, I see your heart and there is no guile. And because of that, you've found favor in heaven in a way that a lot of people haven't yet experienced. God says, less striving and more thriving for your souls. You're going to work less hard and accomplish more because God's going to start to rearrange some of the things on what you give. God's going to show you a new dimension of how to steward what he's put in your heart. Because you poured out on some people who basically just blew it off. So discernment is coming to you to be able to steward what you have. As you take that energy and that time and that wisdom and that experience, you're going to start putting it into people where more return is coming. Less striving, more thriving. Salpi, the Lord says it's a different time. It's your time. You've done faithfully for years and years, ministered for other people. The Lord says, it's your time. You're being raised up in this season, this next season of time where it's your thing. And people join you rather than you come along to just support them. It's your time. God's going to help you narrow the list of things you do because because you're so willing to help people, he's going to narrow some of your list. He's going to come to you and say, that needs to come off because you're going to go deeper in the things where your passion is, where your heart is, where he desires you to go. 
And it's going to be more fun because you're doing the stuff you were made to do rather than just being a good Christian support, encouraging pastor. You're going to do the stuff you were made to do and do more of it. And because of that, you're going to see more results. You've cried out to God and said, God, I put all that time in and nothing happened. God says, because you're going deeper in what you were called to do, you're going to see more results. Not in heaven. We're glad for that. But here and now, there's going to be more instant and there's going to be more progressive going forward. Same word to start. Ara, it's a different time. It's your time. There's an old saying that says, Jack of, tra- Jack of all trades, master of none. You can do so many things in the kingdom, you'll, and you'll, you'll do anything. You'll dig the sidewalk out if you need to and it's snowing. You'll run down and fix the water heater if we don't have water heater or something. You're good at everything. You'll take care of people. You'll walk with them. You'll sit with them for hours. God says, you're going to become a master in some things. It's almost like you're going to upper division credit work now where you've done really broad and you're really, really good at it. I mean, there's probably not a person here who hasn't been impacted by your desire to help them. But God says, I'm going to narrow the course load. and We're going to go deeper because you're going to become a master at some of the things you do. There's a term, and and if I get it wrong, help me. I think it's called best use. Highest and best use. I knew I was missing something when I was writing this. God is taking you into a season of highest and best use discovery. Highest and best. Because you've done wide. God says highest and best. Because you've got limited time. He gets that. Highest and best use for you in way in the way that you minister where you minister and to whom you minister you have such a wonderful heart to bless other people it's just stunning i watch you sometimes and i go wow i'd be like running out the door by now and you still hang in there and do that you're always going to bless people you're always going to take care of people but in this season god's going to help you to understand and experience him while you're serving and god says this Whatever you do to the least of these, you do it to me. And the story I'm going to tell in just a minute is going to be impactful for you about how you do pastoral care, loving people, sharing with people, exhorting people, taking care of people. God's going to become personal to you in a way you haven't yet experienced. And it doesn't mean you've missed things. Exceeding abundantly beyond all you can ask or think is the kind of relational connection God is drawing you into in this next season. As I close my time today, I want to share to you why I pursue prophecy. I started out just because God said, this is a good deal. I want you to do it. This is what I do. Part of what I'm going to share with you is really personal to me. I've shared this kind of thing before. And people haven't always responded real well. So if you don't like it or if it disagrees with your theology, 
be nice to me, okay? Because if I get beat up again here, I'm not sharing this kind of stuff in this context. Because I've done it before in my home church and it didn't work very well. When I prophesy, I get to share things God wants to tell his kids. They got way more out of this in terms of content than I did. And that's how it's supposed to be. If I do my job well, I've conveyed God's message and God's heart while I'm doing it. I get to see God interact with people, how he brings hope and healing to people, renewed vision. It's just awesome. A greater revelation of who he is. I love doing that. But that's not why I prophesy. When I give a prophetic word from God to another person, I get to feel a little bit of God's heart for that person. See, when I was sharing here, I'm glad. I hope it impacted, looked like it did. I did the best I could. But what I got out of it was I got to feel God's heart for you. I get to experience God in a way that does not happen for me in any other context. Recently in Hong Kong, a team of people were prophesying, and I was there to kind of oversee it because I do a lot of that when I travel, to help them out. And I was just listening to this young woman give a prophetic word to another young woman. And, and it was good. It was encouraging. It was really nice. And I was just enjoying being in the environment. She got done, and God said, pardon me, add hope. That's what he told me. That's the word I got was add hope. The woman who was impacted, you know, she was getting this, this really nice ministry from this ministry team, and she's kind of like, okay, and, you know, she could put her Kleenex down and all that kind of good stuff. I think all I said, I don't honestly remember everything I said, but I think what I said is, today God is giving you his hope. She just burst into tears or whatever it was she did. But I share this because I got to feel this rush of pleasure from God that a child of his who had been living with no hope was now going to start to experience God's hope. And I got to feel some of what he felt just a little tiny bit. You know, he's really big and I'm really small. So, but a little tiny bit of God's emotion is a really big thing. I got to feel a little bit of God's happiness that someone who didn't have a way to go and make it happen got lifted up to say, I'm not doing this by myself. I got to feel a little bit of pleasure because Papa's little girl got to connect with her heavenly father who said, there's always hope for you with me. I got to feel his heart. Prophecy makes God personal to me. God gets into the pain, the disappointment, the uncertainty. God gets into the excitement and the vision. God gets into the heart. And prophecy has the capacity to change people's lives and, at least for me, reveal God to me and let me experience God for me in a way that I don't do 
in any other type of ministry that I do. It's glorious and it's transformational. Prophecy is the most impacting when we prophesy from experiencing and communicating God's heart. Let's stand. In Jesus' name, I declare City River is becoming a prophetic, cultured church. God, in whatever measure each person feels it, desires it, doesn't want it, or is passionate about it, that we will become a church with a prophetic culture. That people can come to this body, whether it's in a small group, in a cubicle at work, waiting for the bus, or in this building, that we will be able to share as a community, not just a couple people, but as a community, we will be able to share the goodness of God with other people. God, I don't know how this landed on everybody. If there's any kind of fear, God... You address the things that might be there. Stuff that was in the past there where there's uncertainty, you're so good at breaking through. God, for those who, are, who don't know and have questions, encourage that there are answers to the questions. God, for those who say, I want that, that there will be a follow-through and a perseverance to say, I will join cell groups, I will take classes, I will show up wherever I need to in order for me to be able to use this gift to further the kingdom of God. And God, I know that we will be obedient when you call because this house is an obedient house. So thanks for giving gifts, God, because they are way cool. Amen. And have a week filled with the pleasure of hearing God's voice.